It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We welcome you into to the... We welcome you into today's edition of the Sports Mix. Too many twos in there, I guess. I don't Too know. many twos, even yeah. though it's not Tuesday, it's Thursday? Thursday, yes. Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Colin, how are you today? I'm doing all right. You had people worried, I feel like, on TV because you kept cooking with Kresha on. Look, what if you were cooking with Kresha? If you were, then hopefully I cut you off for a loop. Yeah. You would be angry. You would be angry. You wouldn't know what the next step is, and then the food isn't as Crusher's way, which is the best way. You would just be eating nothing because you exactly. weren't finished. And it is lunchtime. Now, you didn't get to finish the episode, so I guess you'll have to go on YouTube if you were, in fact, cooking with Crusher today. But now it's time for the Sports Mix, which is brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields & Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Got high school volleyball action tonight on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube as it's the Hedgesville Eagles heading to Martinsburg High School for a match with the Martinsburg Bulldogs as JV action starting at 6. Our pregame coverage will start at 5.50-ish, and then Varsity will follow. Haven't seen Martinsburg yet this year, but they are 4-3-1, and one, and We've got to see a little bit of Hedgesville so far now, and they're looking as solid as usual. Yeah, um, Hedgesville definitely looks good. Martinsburg coming off of a big win, I feel like, for them against Spring Mills in five sets. You know, that's a good win for the Bulldogs. So it should be a pretty good match. Obviously, we know the closeness of these two schools. They have a pretty big rivalry in every sport, so should be pretty intense. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see you know, who kind of steps up for Marnsburg because we don't know a ton about their team. I know they lost some players from last year but still have some good players coming back, like Bishop, I believe, is back. and uh, Strovel's back. Yeah, so they should be uh, pretty competitive, but you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see to see uh, how these two teams match up and if Hedgesville is ahead of Martinsburg right now or if Martinsburg can kind of close that gap because obviously we know that Musselman and, and Hedgesville have been the premier teams in the EPAC. Yeah, they have, and we won't see those two uh, match up until later this month. I believe the first meeting between Musselman and Hedgesville, it looks like, is the 26th of September, so still a ways to go, but looking forward to Hedgesville and Martinsburg tonight at Martinsburg again. JV action at 6 o'clock. Varsity to follow. We will be on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube at 545-550. So if you want to tune in, tune in around then on there. And then on the radio side of things tonight, it will be the Neil Brown Coaches Show as the Backyard Brawl is getting closer and closer this Saturday night at Milan Pushcart Stadium as the Pitt Panthers head down I-79 to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. And speaking of that game, we have 
some tickets to give away. Nick, surprisingly, weren't sure if we were going to have the opportunity to give these tickets away or not. But we have four tickets here to the game in section 103, row 40. So here's four tickets to the backyard brawl. We'll get ready play our uh, interview with Hedgesville football head coach Matt Faircloth. And while that's playing, uh, if you call in, you can win the four tickets to the backyard brawl. So you ready, Nick? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Here's Matt Faircloth. We're now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. Coach Faircloth, a win for your team last week against Hampshire. After a slow start, your team was able to get into the game in the second half, take control, and get the win. What did you like overall? Uh, I mean, I liked our effort uh, on pursuit of the ball and taking adversity and handling adverse situations the way we did. And, uh, I didn't say a win to win, you know, moving into this week against her. Coach, uh, you mentioned facing the adversity, and week one, I think, was obviously you know not how you guys wanted to start the season, and you talked about that on the show. How has this team grown since that first game in terms of doing the little things that you wanted to improve on uh, from week one to now? Uh, I mean, I think from, from week one to now, uh, we've you know, progressed in some areas. You know, like I said, I mean, don't Dalton's taking the range from Jackson and, and trying, you know, trying to become you know, that, that number one guy. Still got a lot to learn, but he's progressed every week into you know, making his reads, getting the ball out, and running the ball real well. And defensively, we were flying around. We were making tackles. And, you know, for us, from week one to now, I think we've made strides in, in some areas, but we, we still got to fix some stuff. What are some of those things that you feel like your team still needs to fix? I think it's alignment assignment, making sure we know where we're supposed to be at all times. Uh, communication. Uh, I mean, it's the biggest thing about football is alignment assignment and communicating to one another and making sure everybody's on the same page. So I think right now that's the biggest thing for us is, is communication part. Coach, what are some things this week you guys will have to do to get the win? Uh, we're going to have to have them. You know, some of our guys that are twos and threes are going to have to step up in some big spots. And, you know, we got some guys banged up. And, got some guys out and at the end of the day it's it's the next man up uh so for us in order to to go to hoover and have the success we want we're going to have to have a lot of young guys that you know haven't had varsity experience yet they're going to have to come in and play for us what have you seen on film so far from her or from hoover uh, they're they're pretty good uh offensively you know they can run it they can throw it they got good quick game good screen game uh, up front, they got big offensive line that can move and they're physical. Uh, defense, they give you multiple looks. Uh, they switch their coverages on you. you know, I mean, they're, they're coached well. Coach Fields has done a great job down there. And, you know, we're on the road for five, about five, five hours and 15 minutes. So we're going to have to get off the bus and, and play to the best of our ability. And also, Coach, they're coming off of a big win over a much improved Nitro program. Um, so. I guess what are some things you guys are trying to do in this game specifically to to and, and what did you see from them in terms of their growth after starting the Euro and two and getting that big win last week? I mean they played a tough schedule. I mean the, the teams that they played 
you know, when you look at their record, you know, one and two, those first two games, they, they played some teams. And so when, when I look at their record, that doesn't mean anything to me because I, I see the competition that they're playing. Um, but for us, you know, we got to control the ball, got to control the clock, keep the ball out of their hands because, I mean, they are electric on the offensive end. Um, so for us, it's going to be grind the clock, get first downs. And at the end of the day on defense, we we got to go rally and tackle and, and make plays because, I mean, they got guys all over the field. Coach, you mentioned some injuries right now to your program as well. Uh, who are some of those guys and who are some of the guys that you're hoping to see step up? I mean, right now, you know, DeMonte's banged up, Gavin's banged up, Levi's banged up, Connor's banged up, uh, Jake Young's banged up. I mean, you know, the, the last two, I mean, people don't think that Hampshire is a, uh, a a change program. Hampshire will be one of the more physical teams that you play. They've totally changed the mentality. Kaiser's physical. I mean, we played a knockdown drag out with them. So, for us, we're banged up. Uh, you know, we're seeing what guys can go, what guys can't. Um, but... Guys like Ramsey Button, Ian Wolf, um, you know, uh, Woody Smith, you know, guys that really haven't had that shine yet, they're going to have to come in and, and play and fill in big roles. All right, Coach, any final thoughts before we let you go? It's going to be a long bus ride, and at the end of the day, hopefully we get down here and get a win. All right, Coach, good luck and appreciate the time today. Thank you. All right, thank you. That was the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth, as we gave away our backyard brawl tickets. Congratulations to the winners, Andrew and Emily Romerzo. So they are the winners of the four tickets to this Saturday night's game between the Pitt Panthers and the West Virginia Mountaineers. So congrats to them, and let's get back now to... Talking about this high school football week, a lot of teams, Nick, right now sitting at two and one, Washington at one and two, Martinsburg at three and oh. But as you just heard from Coach Faircloth, at least for their team, going to be tough this week. A lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that when you have injuries and we don't know the significance of these injuries, will these kids still be able to play? Are they going to have to hold some of them out? Uh, those were, though, some big names for this team. So I think there's two real challenges I'm looking at immediately for Hedgesville this week. Number one is can they get off the bus and play well? Because they didn't do that week one. They came out flat, clearly. And even if they or they came out flat, clearly, to start that game, they taking on Wheeling Park and... You know, even if they still lost that game, nobody expected it to be that bad is what I was going for there. So this week it's really important. You're going on the road. Can you come out strong? And then you have these injuries. These are some key players. Obviously, guys are going to have to step up. This is a team that dealt with this last year. So there's two big challenges for them right right away. And, then of course, Hoover is obviously a quality team. They just beat Nitro, who's been dominating teams. They dominate them 35-7. to seven. So, you know, this will be a tough challenge uh, for this Hedgesville team. A lot of factors playing into it. Can they go on the road and get a tough win? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do, especially 
since they have to go up against Herbert Hoover, who, as you just said, just knocked off, even though they were 0-2. Nitro, who it seemed like had definitely taken a step in the positive direction this year in the first two weeks of their season. So looking forward to seeing how Hedgesville does. Hopefully the guys that are a little banged up are still healthy enough to give it a go and we'll see how things go from there but let's step aside here on the sports mix and take our first break as this segment brought to you by parsons ford at 1400 shepherdstown road and online at parsonsford.com they became number one by making you number one first parsons will be back in two minutes on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 for more of the sports mix Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. It's Thursday, and we welcome you back to the sports mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for today's edition of the show. Some news out of the NBA this week, Colin as the rest days appear to be no more and this appears to be a good thing the board of governors unanimous unanimously unanimously voted <laughs> you're struggling yeah, over there now wednesday to approve tougher resting policy rules and punishments for star players who sit out games including those on national tv and in season tournaments as well as multiple all-stars sitting out together for regular season games so essentially the old you know, Kawhi Leonard or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, the the resting players, star players, so they can be healthy for the playoffs. Appears to be no more. Seems to be that if you're not injured, you're going to have to play in the game. And I think this is good for the fans. This is good for the league's competition. And it makes a lot of sense that they needed to do something about load management. And I'm happy that they're taking a step toward it now. Some of the punishments, I think you can get up to a million-dollar fine. So uh, there's certainly, you know, a lot of things that I think teams will follow this rule because I I understand why load management's a thing. An 82-game season is a very long season. But I think since that's the rule and and these guys are getting paid to play 82 games, um, it's only really fair for the fans that pay hundreds of dollars to go to these games to have – the star players out on the court so especially when it's you know a situation where like let's say the lakers were coming to dc and you and i were like hey let's go see lebron james in person and lebron's sitting out because it's coming off of a back-to-back and they just played philly or something and it's like well they can bear probably beat the wizards without you know lebron so they're just going to rest them. And then I'm kind of chuckling because not, not, not with the Lakers, but because I'm a Celtics fan, the only other than the one that we went to, but back whenever I was a kid being a big Paul Pierce fan and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and them, I actually went to a game in Washington to go see them play, but it was towards the end of the season and Boston was already basically in the playoffs. So all those guys sat out. So I only yeah. got to see Rondo and the backup. So. Yeah, I'm definitely happy that uh, this rule is going into effect because of situations and like that. The ticket price isn't going to go down. Ticket prices isn't going to go down because it's LeBron's an entertainment business first. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, 
you look at this, as you mentioned, it seems like there's going to be some pretty lofty penalties. It says here in the article, the NBA will incorporate a fine system for teams that begins with $100,000 for first offenses, $250,000 for second offenses, and $1 million more than the previous penalty for each additional fine, according to sources within the league. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you, you look down here, teams must manage their roster to ensure that no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. For example, the Boston Celtics would not be allowed to rest both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the same game. Unless they're both injured, teams must ensure that star players are available for nationally televised games and in-season tournament games. So it, it ultimately is mostly just the stars, these all-star guys that you don't want to see sitting out because this is Well, you're is not going to load first. management Taj, Taj right. Gibson. Yeah, you're not going to do that like. for anybody else. So it makes sense. And as a fan, you're happy to see this. As a player, you're, you're going to find ways around it, though. If you want to rest, you're going to claim that you have an injury. Right. We're going to see some pretty funny injuries probably in the last second. Oh, I twisted my ankle. Oh, I Fingernail. jammed a finger. Yeah, some, something that can still make it seem like that yes they're injured so they can't play this game they'll get around it the nba might crack down sometimes but it's going to be tough I, I i don't really know if if players try to do that i'm disappointed but overall i think this is the right move by the nba yeah i mean i understand load management like it makes sense that you wouldn't want all of your guys to play an 82 game season because you know, especially for guys that have that injury history that then increases their chance to get injured. So, you know, I think ultimately the best way, again, we've talked about this before, the best way to stop load management would be to shorten the season, but then you're losing out on money. And, you know, that's probably more important to the NBA than obviously uh, having their star players available for every game. So interesting here, uh, scrolling down, sorry to interrupt you. Scrolling down the rest of the article kind of has a already somewhat of a loophole, it seems like, for these older stars like LeBron, like Curry, and such. What's the loophole? So I hear the NBA will allow pre-approved designated back-to-back allowances for players who are 35 years old on opening night or have career workloads of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 regular season and playoff games combined. Okay. Interesting. So, so if it's back-to-back games, you, you don't go. See, <laughs> you could still see, yeah. I don't mean, go to the second one if you're wanting to see these stars. Especially if they're older. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, uh, ultimately, you know, the playoffs is the most important time, but... I like this idea that Silver's giving. You know, this is an 82-game season. We want each game to matter a little bit. Uh, obviously, that's nearly impossible. But I think at least the good thing is, is the nationally televised games, you know, the games that you're going to tune into if you're just kind of a general NBA fan. Uh, because that's a lot of people. You know, most people just kind of follow players, don't really follow a team. Um I think that's good from that perspective, you know, that the games that will be on TV, the in-season tournament that they're trying to make matter. In-season tournament, you got Christmas. Yeah, 
You're not going to see a lot of people watch. Yeah, Kelly Oubre starting at small forward for the Celtics or whatever. He's not even on the Celtics, but you know. No, I get your point. So definitely, uh, I think from a fan's perspective, a good rule to have for the NBA, and you can't really see that in any other league. I feel like. I mean, the NHL kind of has one slightly similar it's not really a team punishment but i know they used to have where if you set out the all-star game or all-star weekend like ovechkin liked to do then he's suspended for a few games after that so right. i mean baseball they obviously rest guys in a similar way but that's 162 it's, games it's 162 games and also you know, you have these bench spots, you got to get those guys mm-hmm. in and everything. So it's like not really the same as basketball when, um, you know, a guy's not playing an entire game and the other rotational guys are just getting more minutes. It's a little bit different in, in other sports. And obviously football, you would never hold out somebody unless they're injured. So, or it's the last week of the season, which they've found a pretty good way. I feel like to cut that down because adding the extra wild card spot and then also uh, the longer season tends to make it closer toward the end, and there's only one bye now. So there's a lot of things that I feel like the NFL has done to prevent week 18 or whatever it is now, I guess week 19 uh, being, or yeah, week 18 still, sorry, week 17 it used to be, uh, being the week that everybody would just sit out. That's not really a thing as much anymore. So. There's some weird twists to this rule, too. Teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home games and road games with a preference for those absences excuse me, to happen in home games. Right, that makes sense. And then teams must ensure that healthy players resting for a game are present and visible to fans. Okay. So I guess they can't stay home, can't be hiding... In, in the a club room. or in a locker room, uh, they have to be on the bench, I guess. Still, I don't know. Yeah, I never really understood that why guys weren't on the bench when they're healthy. So yeah, still have to travel to away games, even if they're not playing. Sitting out. Yeah. Yep. I so. I mean I think that's all to kind of avoid what we talked about, where if you're going to a game and you're expecting to at least be able to see this person and you can't even see them. It's kind of disappointing as a fan, especially after yeah, you paid all you probably play, paid, excuse me, like 200 something dollars and now they're not even there. Yeah. So definitely a solid rule and let's step aside here as it's bottom of the hour. Take another break here on the sports mix. On the other side, talk some NFL as Aaron Rodgers says that He will rise again and be back after his season-ending Achilles injury and got some Thursday night football for you tonight as well as the Vikings take on the Eagles as this segment brought to you by Orsini's, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and design bedding outdoor living, family-owned and operated 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburger, online at Orsini's.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
We welcome you back to the Sports Mix on this Thursday, September 14th. Nick Verzlini and Colin McLaughlin here in the studio. As we get into our next segment, we're going to talk NFL in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers news. Obviously, he tore his Achilles Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. And on Instagram, he said, The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise again. So, sounds like he's trying to come back, which I think initially the thought was, well, this guy's going to be 40. Is he really going to come back and play? But then you remember, well, one, this is Aaron Rodgers, and two, does he really want to go out like this? Nobody wants to go out like this, and also you got to remember, I'm pretty sure it's a two-year contract as well. So right. This is only year one of that contract. But, I mean, he could retire, obviously, due to injury if it oh, absolutely. just seemed like... Uh, more work than it's worth it. But I think there was so much hype going in to the Rodgers situation. I didn't think they'd be great um, necessarily, but I was buying in that they could be a really good team and at least fun to watch. So it's it was a disappointing thing, and you kind of felt bad for Jets fans because they were excited about this. Um, and, and it just kind of was disappointing, I think, for everybody. Even if you're not a Rodgers fan, you either love to hate him and root against him or you're you're just intrigued because it's you know Aaron Rodgers he's one of the best players of this you know generation so it's disappointing I hope he does come back and hopefully he is you know able to come back and be something of what he used to be uh, but the Achilles is such a tough injury the Achilles is such a tough injury it's a very very long recovery process as well and as you said he's getting up there in age. So it might take even longer. I mean, it's going to at least, I feel like, be a year. I'd be honestly surprised if by the start of next year, he's 100% and ready to go. I would not be surprised at all if he does still decide to give it a go like he says. I shall rise again if it's not until maybe even week three or four of next year's season for the Jets because of how tough it is and how long of a process it is to fully heal a injury like an Achilles injury. I mean, it it is one of the worst injuries people say to try to recover from, especially for athletes. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you can come back and uh, play for the Jets next year. Obviously it's going to be a tough road, but you know, Rogers is a pretty tough guy and I'm sure he'll work hard to get back, but then that begs the question this week, really. And since they haven't made a move to this point, it doesn't seem like they're going to. Looks like they're trusting Zach Wilson as their quarterback. But at least they're saying they will. I mean, they haven't made a move until now, and it's Thursday. So, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if let's I mean say, maybe the down next the line, two weeks Zach Wilson stinks it up, which is likely. Yeah. Uh, so then Sports Center, of course, put out their options for the Jets and and some of these are just ridiculous but uh you know there's Carson Wentz obviously and that is probably the top name available at least in terms of veteran quarterback with some success could be a good move but has struggled recently Cam Newton feels like he's a few years removed Matt Ryan of course is older he said though when he took the job at CBS he wasn't retiring so I guess he's staying in shape uh doesn't really seem to be a likely move for them. Nick Foles, 
kind of past his prime. And then you get into the wild names, Ben DiNucci, <laughs> which I happen. mean, it's not so much that it wouldn't happen. It's just like, is he even is an upgrade? Is he an upgrade? And it's like maybe a little bit. Colin Kaepernick, man, hasn't played since 2016. Of course, Joe Flacco, they had him last year, didn't really pan out too well for them. Bryce Perkins is a kind of a random one. And then Trevor Simeon and Colt McCoy are also, I guess, some decent options out there. But Colin, uh, what do you think would be the best guy of those names or of the Well, you kind of said available? Flacco because it, it would make sense if he went back since he was in the system he last year. Good, he, he wasn't good, but he still knows the playbook because he was there last year. I don't think it will be Flacco. I, I don't think it will be him. Once it's not good, so I'm taking him out of the equation. I don't want the Jets fans to have any more suffering that they already have endured. And, and I mean, whoever you Wentz, get, you will suffer with. I, I know that firsthand as a Commander fan. What they really just need is somebody that doesn't turn the ball over, can make a throw from time to time, step up when necessary and just be okay because that defense is legit yes and it could be one of the best units in the history of the nfl especially with how the rules have changed toward offense uh they have an awesome defense so there's that going for them they have a good running game with Brees hall so you just need a game manager but i don't know of those names who would be the best option maybe you look to some guys that are um you know, on teams right now, but in a backup role, see if you can trade like a mid-round pick for one of those guys. People have thrown out the name Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if Washington would do that. I mean, if they got a you know fourth-round pick, I feel like they would probably be willing to do it because they know what Brissett is and he's their backup right now. Case Keenum is in a situation where I think he's being inactive. I feel like somebody like that could get you to the playoffs you could go on that kind of run that Keenum had with the Vikings and just have like a game manager back there so I don't know who their best option necessarily is because all of those names are kind of the same Wentz I guess has the most talent but he just hasn't seemed to get it right mentally so I don't know if he would be the guy but I just feel like Zach Wilson probably isn't going to take that step, even though he does seem to have matured a little bit. Right. He, he seemed okay enough in the victory over the Bills, but that was... He's still doing a lot of the things he, yeah. that he struggled with before, you know, just kind of running around and then throwing it away. Yeah, I would not trust Zach Wilson at all, even though he does have Aaron Rodgers in that quarterback room to mentor him now. I think you need to go with somebody else. Yeah, I would think so too. But they're probably going to let it they're going to let it roll, I would think for a week or two, see how it looks with Wilson, see if he's made any jump, but even with Rodgers there, like how much of a jump could he yeah. have made? I mean, he's got better weapons because Rodgers went there. And as you said, the Somewhat. defense is good. They're older weapons, so I yeah. don't know how good they are. Zach I mean, Wilson gets hurt. You want to know who the emergency quarterback is? Isn't it uh, Boyle? Tim Boyle? Yep, Tim Boyle. Yeah, he, he was Rodgers' backup. third and back. only quarterback other than Wilson left on that roster. So that's also another reason why I feel like they're going to go after somebody. It's because now they're down to two guys on the roster at quarterback. Yeah, they'll probably sign somebody this week, I think, but it's probably not the guy that they're looking to take over Colt um, McCoy wouldn't Cole be McCoy, too bad yeah I mean does he have that potential to have that 
good enough season where you can get into the playoffs. We haven't really seen that from him, but he's shown flashes in games of having some big games here and there. So I think that would be a solid option. RG3? Does he come back? RG3 is... <laughs> Look, I mean, I met the guy. The guy's awesome. Great guy. But um, no. No. <laughs> like, he tried to pitch that the other day, kind of on yeah, first no. take. He's like, yeah, I can still play. And it's like... Can you? You really weren't very good when you were playing for the Ravens. So I don't think you can still play Robert, but great guy. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome personality. You know, great player. Wish he didn't get hurt, but Same. N- not anymore. So tonight, let's get into some Thursday night football talk. Now I feel like that's enough unless you got any final no, thoughts good on, on the, the jets. Jets. Um, but tonight at 8.15, you can, I believe, hear it right here on Talk Radio, WRNR after the Neil Brown Coaches Show. You got the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Minnesota Vikings as the Eagles trying to get the 2-0, Vikings 0-1 so far after losing to Tampa Bay. And you hear about uh, kind of just touching on that game. Apparently... Um, Baker Mayfield in the halftime locker room goes in there and says, guys, I know all the Viking signals. Did you hear this? I didn't hear about that, no. Yeah, apparently uh, he figured out all their signals, knew based off what they were saying or doing, what uh, coverage they were in, and kind of at halftime basically had that. And now the Vikings are saying, is that sign-stealing? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't either, think it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, do you give the Vikings any chance tonight? Yeah. The Eagles didn't look great in that first game against the Patriots. I mean, they let the Patriots back into the game. Jalen Hurts struggled. It feels like a must win for Minnesota. And I think the minus six in Philly, I'd probably take the Vikings to cover that. It's Thursday night football, probably be your typical Thursday game. But I think Minnesota. Um, you know, this is a good matchup for Thursday night, so that's intriguing. But they need to run the ball better, obviously. Uh, Cousins threw the ball 44 times, and they put up 17 points. And they only ran the ball of Madison 11 times. So I feel like they need a little bit more balance. But also, you look at their schedule, and if they don't win tonight, they go to the or they go back home, take on the Chargers. The Panthers, that's obviously a winnable game. They then have to face the Chiefs, the Bears, that could go either way. It's in the division. 49ers, Packers, Falcons is winnable. Saints, you know, there's some tough games on this schedule coming up for Minnesota before they get into a little bit easier part of it in the second half. But um, this feels like a mess win because, you know, you could start 0-3 if you fall to the Chargers next week. Maybe you get a win over the Panthers, probably lose to the Chiefs. So, if you don't win tonight, it feels like it's going to be tough because you probably should have won last week against Tampa on paper, and you didn't. So, you already lost one to a team that you're better than, at least we think you're better than on paper, and now you're going to have to pull off an, pull off an upset against Philly if you want to, I feel like, have a successful year this year. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, as you kind of touched on, it's going to come down to which team can run the ball better because as you kind of said for the Vikings Gainwell's out 
I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to get to before or after. I mean, um, talking a little bit about the Vikings who let Cook go, thought that Madison was going to be fine, and he goes out there, 11 carries, 34 yards. And as you just said, yeah, Gainwell, who was the leading rusher for the Eagles last week with 14 carries of 54 yards. So not too good for them, but he was the guy that got a majority of the reps. But, yeah, he is listed as out for tonight's game. So helps me in fantasy. You going to play DeAndre Swift? Yeah, I'm going to give him a second chance. I mean, you kind of have to, right? You kind of have to with Gainwell out. If he doesn't do it this week, then he's not going to do it for you. Exactly. If he can't do it this week against the Vikings, then he's sitting on the bench or I'm going to let him go in fantasy after this. So we'll see how that goes. What a weird career he's had. It is. Because it, it, his numbers aren't bad when you look at like yards per carry, but he just doesn't get touches for some reason. So It's weird in Philadelphia. I always feel like they use well, three or four running backs. Detroit. That's true, too. They didn't really use Jameer Gibbs that much that's also considering they drafted him 12th overall so see if that changes but so i'm going with the eagles tonight though i'll go with minnesota why not all right there you go as that wraps things up here for this segment which was brought to you by hagerstown ford revolutionizing car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it too if you don't like it they'll take it back go online at hagerstownford.com back for our final segment of the sports mix after this Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini and Kyle McLaughlin here. As we get into Major League Baseball, the Orioles will begin a potentially division-deciding series with the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Colin should be uh, some good stuff, and obviously the O's need to win this one. It's a four-game series. Yeah, it's going to be tough. First, quickly, this segment brought to you by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg and yeah was hoping for better this past series for the Orioles to kind of keep that division race lead at three maybe three and a half games depending on how Tampa did but now losing the series 2-1 to the Cardinals the Orioles only two games above Tampa Bay with a four game series starting tonight and can catch the Orioles game at 7:15 on Fox if you want to but Hopefully, packed crowds for these games, and hopefully the Orioles can get the best of Tampa Bay and keep control of the AL East and also the one seed in the American League. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be tough, I feel like, because this team hasn't played that great the last few games, but who knows, they could bounce back. I think they'll be okay. Uh, obviously, you know, this though kind of determines the division. Uh, the Orioles have been pretty good against the division this year so you know i would expect them to be able to at least split with tampa and if you split you feel all right about it moving forward but then you do have to go to houston so it's not going to get easier after this so i really feel like these two series 
will determine if the Orioles are going to be AL East champs or not, even though there'll still be some baseball to play. But if you come out of these two series with a losing record and Tampa's able to overtake you, it's going to be very tough with only, I think, three series left after that to come back. Yeah, I'm looking at Tampa's schedule now. I want to see what they got left uh, after Baltimore. And it looks like they got the Angels, Toronto, Boston, and then Toronto again. So they got to have a tough uh, division race too. So we'll see how things go for them. But, yeah, it definitely feels like this one in four games in Baltimore will probably be for control of the AL East. Yeah, so unless it becomes a split, which it Right, could. if it becomes a split, which it could, you're still sitting at two games up. But it's going to be tough now with Mountcastle again potentially hurt. Yeah, that's not good. Um, obviously, Mountcastle has had his ups and downs throughout the year, but it seems like recently a little bit more ups than downs. So uh, if he's you know going to be dealing with an injury, that's a big loss. Yeah, nothing uh, updated after last night. His status still says day-to-day after he was pulled in last night's game against St. Louis due to a left shoulder discomfort. So, if he's out, who goes to first base? Probably O'Hearn. O'Hearn, or do you bring John back... Means. Oh, no. Chris Mancini. <laughs> no. Trey Mancini returned to help lead Baltimore to postseason. Unfortunately, I feel like Trey has just lost what he once had. And- yeah, what he once had was Baltimore. Let him find home Trey Mancini no, I'm sorry, no, Colin. No. I like the idea of Trey Mancini in terms of he's a great guy and an insp- inspiring story, but in terms of what he can still do on the field, I don't think. Well, that's because it wasn't that Baltimore. Be Maybe, but I kind of doubt it. He's also a World Series champion now. He is, yeah. So he needs to bring that experience to Baltimore. I thought you were going to say Chris Davis. They're paying no, him. No. So. no, I'm done with Chris Davis. I'm not done with Boom Boom Trey Mancini. Okay. I mean, that's fair. He didn't rob the Orioles of a bunch of money. Exactly. So, but I don't see it happening. Uh, Some other news that could, I mean, obviously this isn't the way that you look at it when a guy gets injured, but I think it's in the back of your mind. It could help the Orioles. Uh, Max Scherzer goes down uh, with the injury, obviously unfortunate for Texas and unfortunate for him because he was having a good, well, was having a down year, but still, uh, you know, a solid year, and to lose him, that's a big loss for the Rangers. And now I think how they've played and how we expected them to be at the trade deadline when they went out and got Scherzer and Montgomery, it didn't really work out for them. Now he goes down with this injury, and Texas was looking like the team maybe in the AL. And now it's really probably Baltimore, Tampa, and Houston. You can make an argument for all three of those teams as the uh, – Rangers have really fallen off, and, and now yeah, they're they still their start. they still have a wild card spot. They're right. in that second wild card spot by half a game. Seattle has that third wild card spot, but you still got Toronto fighting for it as well. So between those three for those final two spots, you expect Tampa, or if Tampa wins the division, then Baltimore getting the top wild card spot. But for the second and third spots, it's a three team race right now, unless Boston or the Yankees can get hot, which 
you don't really see either one of them doing here in the final. I believe only 20, if not fewer, games left this year. So it's going to come down to the Blue Jays, Mariners, and Rangers. And yeah, it seems like Texas, even if they do get in, they won't have the pitching. Yeah, and this is a big loss. Uh, their other pitcher, uh, was it Porcello? Is that who it was? That I think was so. dealing for the injury? Um, so they've had some guys, you know, have these injury concerns throughout the year, and now you lose Scherzer, who you traded for at the deadline. Again, you were hoping that would put you over the hump in the American League, but really they've gone in the opposite direction. So On the National League the side, Rangers. it's still crazy. Six teams in the uh, wild card race. You got the Phillies in the top spot, up three and a half. Of the Cubs, who's up two games of the Reds, who are tied with the Diamondbacks. Then the Giants are half game back, and the Marlins are half a game back. So, might have to tune into a little National League action here at the end for the wild card race. But still, out of all those teams, I, I really think it's only on the National League side a two-team uh, race for the pennant, and that's the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I mean, those teams have really separated themselves. I mean, Milwaukee's winning the Central. They have 81 wins, so they're not a bad team, but it just seems like probably the Braves over everybody right now in the majors. And in the NL, the Dodgers obviously have that you know past history of coming out of that league, so they could still do it, but it does seem like the Braves are not only the National League favorites, but the World Series favorites at this point. That's going to wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix as tonight on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube, high school volleyball between Hedgesville and Martinsburg. Pre-game coverage at 5.45, JV action starting at 6. And then on radio, the Neil Brown Coaches Show. And following that, some Thursday night football. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off.